Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 31st, 2017, the final day of January. Where did the month go? Well, maybe it's good riddance that the month is gone, as, as we've seen the Magic kind of fall out of the playoff race uh, firmly and finally in January, and we're going to turn quickly to the trade deadline very soon. We'll talk a little bit about the trade deadline and, and one of the hot rumors going around uh, the NBA world on this Monday, or now I guess it's Tuesday, uh, as the Magic uh, are going to be very active at the trade deadline. We'll talk a little bit about that rumor coming up in just a little bit, but first we do have to talk a little bit about Monday's game and break some things down from the loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Of course, the Orlando Magic headed up to Minnesota to complete this three-game road trip and fall to the Minnesota Timber Timberwolves 111-105 to 105 at the Target Center. A really rough and and disappointing loss. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'll describe what happened very briefly in, in just a moment, but um, it, it was the kind of game where if the Magic are trying to push for the playoffs. There is no silver lining this game. This is a game they should have won uh, and a game that they should have found a way to finish and they simply didn't. If you're of the the tanking mode, if you think that the Magic should be kind of packing it in uh, or your expectations are, are just a little bit lower, um, this was a game that it was very much like, okay, you know, they followed up a good effort in Toronto with a good effort in, Min- in Minneapolis and in Minnesota uh, and have something to build on for the future. I mean, this wasn't a, a bad loss by any stretch of the imagination. It wasn't a game where the Magic played absolutely terribly. I mean, they lost the game, but it wasn't necessarily because they did a whole lot of things wrong. They they just perhaps got beat by a team that was better than them on this particular day. Whatever persuasion you are, the Magic lost. That's what matters. What happened in the game was uh, certainly... Cause for frustration. It certainly wasn't one of the worst losses the Magic have ever had, and not one of the worst losses, uh, at least by closeness of the margin, um, that the Magic have had this year, even though they fall in overtime. The Magic trailed by nine with about six and a half minutes to play, about six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Um, It looked like they were going to really struggle. They were giving up three-pointers to Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio hit six three-pointers in the game, and it looked like the Magic were going to kind of fall short as they normally do. Uh, defense was okay, it wasn't bad, but they were fouling, they weren't finishing possessions with offensive rebounds, they are giving up a lot of second-chance points, uh, and those are the opportunities that the Magic let get away. But Orlando kept fighting, and that's something that hasn't always been the case. They've kind of taken a punch and, and fallen away. They didn't let that happen. This was a close game throughout. The Magic really had control throughout much of the game, but Orlando fell behind in the fourth quarter, came back, took the lead with about 50 seconds to go. Aaron Gordon made a nice play after grabbing an offensive rebound to uh, to draw a foul and one, give the Magic a two-point lead with about 50 seconds left. This is where the late-game execution really matters, though. Orlando got a stop. 
Defense, again, was fine. This was the third game. It was tied at 98 after, I'll, I'll get to that, I guess, in a little bit, but this is the third game since that December game at Washington uh, that Orlando held an opponent under 100 points in regulation play. The Magic did not play poor defense at all this game. They, generally, they did some very good things defensively, and, and if you want to take some encouragement from that, be my guest. There's plenty of encouragement to take if you're going to take that kind of short-term oh, we're growing the team type of mentality. I don't know how you can do that with the veterans on the team, but we'll, we'll we'll leave that discussion for another day. Orlando gets that stop, and they call a timeout. They set up a play uh, to get Nikola Vucevic in the post. Uh, and Nikola Vucevic has the ball knocked away from him uh, and is call, and picks it back up and dribbles again and is called for a travel. We'll see what the two-minute report says on Tuesday about that call, but that was the call on the floor, and so with about 20 seconds left now, the Magic turn the ball over and give it back to the Minnesota Timberwolves, and from there, star power takes over. Andrew Wiggins got through a nice rub screen, got to his spot, and shot the ball over Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon into the basket for the game-tying bucket. The Magic fall to the Minnesota Timberwolves, 111-105 111-105 in overtime, 98-98 at the end of regulation. In overtime, the Wolves just took over. Wiggins proved to be too much. The Wolves got the ball moving a lot, and the Magic just could not get their offense going. It seemed like they were deflated by the good defense they played on Wiggins, and he just he beat him with a good shot. A lot of people are talking about the play to end regulation. It ended with an Alfred Payton kind of wild heave uh, uh, three-pointer. Uh, clearly not the play the Magic were going for. There's clearly a lot of disappointment that they could not execute that play successfully, uh, but the Magic, uh, you know, it, it seemed like the play was for Alfred Payton to run a pick and roll, and, and it just never really developed and never really got going, uh, and the Magic got stuck with a bad shot. Um, certainly, the Magic could have done a lot better in that situation to give them a chance, but as I always like to tell people, you can't look at that play. You can't look at, at that. It's it's a series of plays that leads to a defeat. The Magic still had a chance to win in overtime. They failed to do that. Uh, and and overtime was frankly a little more frustrating than anything else because the team just kind of went back into its shell, the shell that's been the big struggle for this team throughout. They didn't really try to move the ball. They didn't really try to. They they attacked kind of wildly without getting each other involved, uh, and they got beat by a better team. Their defense kind of lost grip of what made them successful uh, in the first in the first quarter of the game. Running through the stats real fast for you. Uh, Alfred Payton leads the way with 21 points, 9 for 17 shooting, only 3 assists, 3 steals as well for him. C.J. Watson, a solid game. Did not mention him in my grades. I should have. I wanted to write a sidebar for on him, but uh, the game story changed. 18 points, 6 for 10 shooting, good outing for C.J. Watson. You cannot complain about him today. He was good on the defensive end. He was good on the offensive end. Did a good job on Zach Levine. I know Zach Levine's coming back from injury, uh, but the Magic did a very good job containing him, keeping him uh, away from uh, potential scoring areas. Nikola Vucevic, 13 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists. Serge Ibaka scored 10 of his 17 points in the first quarter, added 10 rebounds as well, 7 for 16 shooting. Aaron Gordon, 12 points, 4 for 11 shooting, had his struggles. Um, even defending Andrew Wiggins had some struggles as well. But tended to overplay. It was, it was not a very disciplined game from Aaron Gordon throughout uh, as well. Jeff Green, 10 points off the bench for the Magic, who shoot 42.7% from the floor. 10 for 35 from beyond the arc. Uh, an interesting game offensively, which I will talk about right now. A big message for Frank Vogel 
uh, as he's coached this team now for now it's 50 games, has been to trust the pass. And I wouldn't necessarily hold up Monday's game as uh, the example of the Magic trusting the pass. The Magic have played better games, um, games like the one against San Antonio, games like even Sunday against Toronto. They've played games where they've really passed the ball and looked like uh, a high-level offense, and, and they can do that. And and the inconsistency there has been as frustrating as anything else, but a lot of that has to do with shooting, with hot shooting. I mean, the Magic did not shoot the ball well here, 10 for 35 from beyond the arc. was not one of their finer offensive performances. But when the Magic did well offensively, it's largely because they're moving the ball. When you take a look at, when you break this down a little bit more, you know, analytically, Magic make 41 field goals in the game. They have assists on 22 of those field goals. That's a good number. That is a very good number. That means they're moving the ball and dishing it. And, and when the Magic made that run in the fourth quarter to, to erase a nine-point deficit, it was largely because they were moving the ball. The ball wasn't staying in someone's hands for too long. They were catching it and attacking quickly or catching it and moving it to the next guy quickly. And it forces the defense to rotate and adjust to what you're doing. Ball movement is absolutely key to the success of any offense. And if you ask me, the difference between the Magic to end the fourth quarter in the final six minutes and overtime was they no longer moved the ball. Now, the Magic shot one for eight in the overtime period, so obviously not a lot of a chance for assists, but when you look at when you look at the tape on that overtime game again, you'll see the Magic attacking kind of wildly, not moving the ball. A lot of the ball sticking in maybe Alfred Payton's hand. I think he I think he was guilty of it throughout the game. They were not they were not kind of getting the things done that they needed to get done here. And of course that's not how the Magic win basketball games. How the Magic win basketball games is how they played toward the end of the game, toward the in the last six minutes of this game, by getting out in transition when they can, moving the ball, you know, using the pass to, to free people to free people up, to free shooters up, to free Vucevic on a pop, to free Ibaka on a roll, to free Gordon on a cut, to free Peyton for a three or Fournier for a three. Although I mean Fournier was I didn't talk about Evan Fournier, but Evan Fournier is back. That's good news. Um, but it, it, it's it's this ball movement that really makes the magic offense when it does work work, and that's the part that seemed to be missing in this game specifically. At least at the end of the game, when when the game got away from them. Look, the Magic are going to miss shots. This is not a good offensive team. And and defensively, they played one of their better games in a while. I mean, I'm looking at the defensive rating right now. The Magic had a 105.3 defensive rating. That's not good, but it's better than their average this season. And a 100.6 offensive rating is bad. The Magic were not good offensively this game. But... The team still had its moments offensively. And when they have these moments, you'll see that assist number go up. When the Magic get 20, near 30 assists, they're going to win the game. I mean, and again, 
that may be self-serving because obviously if you're assisting the ball, you're scoring baskets. I mean, that's that's part and parcel to part and parcel to it. But with this team especially, without a go-to score, they need the they need the pass to free each other up. They need someone to get into the lane and kick out. One of the big things Evan Fournier brought to this game was he was able to get into the paint and kick back out. And whether he got the assist or the secondary assist, in that first quarter, he set up a lot of plays just by attacking off of rotation. That's what Evan Fournier is very good at. He's very good at attacking off of a late rotation or closeout. And that's still an element the Magic have missed at times when their offense has struggled. So again, a big reason the Magic lost is their lack of, and this is probably true for the whole season, is their lack of a go-to score. Andrew Wiggins became that at the end of the game to lead the Timberwolves to the victory. And it's also their their nest, and with a lot without a go-to score, they have to move the ball. They have to rely on each other. It's going to be a different guy every night. Tonight it was C.J. Watson's turn. Then it was Alfred Payton's turn. Then it was Serge Ibaka's turn. It's going to be a different guy every night with this team because the Magic, more than anyone, have to take what the defense gives them and find a way to break the defense down by trusting each other. When they do not do that, when they don't do that, which it certainly seemed like they didn't in overtime, when they try to do everything by themselves, when they drive in too deep, which is a problem that that Frank Vogel has noted in the past, when they do these things, They do not win. Period. Full stop. And that's still seemingly the lesson the Magic have to learn that they haven't quite ingrained. Vogel has said it a few times now. This team is not an instinctual passing team. And as much as he may be trying to break those habits. Every time he says that line, and he didn't say it tonight, so I, I won't attribute that to him tonight, to, or Monday night. I won't attribute that to him, but he said it before. That seems to be part of the fundamental problem with this team, is, is, is working together is not instinctual. And even this late in the season, it hasn't quite caught on. And when... Something as basic as that hasn't quite caught on. And we know where we're getting to now. It's getting to be February. And that means the trade deadline is right around the corner. And that means trading season is upon us. And it hasn't taken long for those trade winds to blow. And those trade winds to come up toward the Orlando Magic. Monday came the latest trade rumor. We've talked about a few of these, but this one does deserve some special examination. On Monday, Sean Devaney of the Sporting News reports the Orlando Magic are upping their efforts to trade Serge Ibaka. This isn't too much of a surprise, of course, and I'll explain why in just a moment. But at this early stage, with three weeks to go till the trade deadline, the Magic haven't... You know, the Magic are asking for a lot. They're not in a hurry to trade Serge Ibaka quite yet. Uh, Devaney quotes a front office executive as saying they're asking too much. 
they're they're clearly trying to trade Ibaka because they feel like he's going to leave, but they're looking for young players and picks back, and teams aren't quite ready to give that up yet. They'll get there. Or the Magic will find a package that get, gets them there. But it is becoming increasingly clear that the Magic are going to trade Serge Ibaka. And certainly, I think a lot of Magic fans will feel like, why are they doing this? They gave up so much to get him. And that is a fair criticism of this deal. It's absolutely fair to ask, why are the Magic doing this? They gave up a lot to get him. Well, the reality is, the Victor Oladipo trade was a bet. Much like a lot of this roster was a bet, to be frank. But the Victor Oladipo trade was a bet. They didn't feel comfortable paying Victor Oladipo whatever he was going to make on the free market. And obviously, he signed, ended up signing an extension with the Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't think he signs that extension with the Magic. I think on, on a previous podcast when he signed it, I gave my reasons. So, uh, go back into the Locked On Magic archives way back, way back into October uh, to hear my thoughts on that, if I, if I did that. I don't remember if I did that show. But it was a bet. They felt Serge Ibaka would bring back more value than Victor Oladipo in that he would make some of the players on their team a little bit better and turn them closer into a playoff team. And they also made the bet that in the long run, he would be more valuable than Victor Oladipo. And also more cost-effective. The, the plain truth, of course, is Ibaka has not worked out that way. The Magic have not taken that big leap defensively. So, you know, in addition to Ibaka adding Biombo, things haven't worked out. And it, it's just very apparent that the bet has gone craps. They've lost the bet, and now they have to figure out how to move forward. The one thing you can't do, though, is sink the cost. If you let Ibaka walk in free agency, that is a sunk cost. You made this big, risky bet and lost everything. The trade deadline gives the Magic a chance to recoup some assets. They're probably not going to get a player as good as Victor Oladipo. But they can get something in return, something of value in return, that they can either, again, flip later on or can turn into something for their roster and help their, their team get better. And that's important. And that, in and of itself, is a reason to trade Serge Ibaka. Because there is a market for a player like Ibaka. He is a player that's going to be in demand. There are several teams that will certainly be interested, and the Magic should be able to play them off. The plain truth of the matter is, Outside of Aaron Gordon, who is probably as close to untouchable on this Magic roster as anyone else, Serge Ibaka is the one to go. And it's nothing against Serge. Serge has played well. He's done his job on this team uh, in, in many ways. Maybe he hasn't taken the step up defensively that everyone hoped he would. But he's been about what the Magic could ask for. Offensively, he's stepped up. Um, he's taken on a bigger offensive role. 
Defensively, he's been about what he was last year, which is, I think, about all the Magic expected from him. Maybe they expect a little bit more, but to get at least what he was last year, he's helped Nikola Vucevic improve as a defender, uh, and he's boosted the team defensively when he's really engaged. But it's also really clear that he's not going to be part of this team's future. He's used to winning and competing for championships. And this Magic team is not even close to the playoffs. And while it's still personal, it's still realistically possible that Ibaka wants to return to Orlando. That's not a risk you take. Because like I said, losing him for nothing means you lose him for nothing. And that you cannot do. And so it's not surprising that the Magic are getting more involved in trade rumors involving Serge Ibaka, that they're pushing a little bit more to trade Serge Ibaka. It's probably one of many things the Magic are exploring right now because, as we all know, Orlando has a lot of issues to fix right now. Trading Serge Ibaka may not be the only deal the Magic make at the February 23rd trade deadline. But certainly it feels like trading Serge Ibaka right now is the most important one to make. And the Magic are asking for a lot right now because they know how much value he has. The question, of course, will be, when does that price go down? And when do other teams begin offering a little bit more to make sure they get Ibaka? A lot of people ask me, why don't the Magic just do it now? And there is something to the, what, to the saying, what ought to be done tomorrow might as well get done today. There's no reason putting it off. In this case, there is. Because teams aren't desperate yet. When teams get desperate, that's when you make your move. Deadline pressure causes people to say yes to something that they may not have said yes to before. Teams aren't there yet. The Magic aren't there yet. And and honestly, I think the Magic still holding on to some small, minuscule hope of making the playoffs, and if they can put a run together before the February deadline, maybe that convinces them to keep Ibaka. I highly doubt that. I I think February 24th, Serge Ibaka will be wearing a different uniform. But to those who are saying, oh, the Magic wasted it, you know, call the deal a failure, I think that's perfectly warranted. But it's getting time to start talking about, and we're now hearing the actual, you know, rumors behind it. It's time to get talking about what the Magic can get for Serge Ibaka. And of course, if you read the Orlando Magic Daily Roundtable last week, you saw a lot of us were thinking of Ibaka deals already. Because, but it's looking like an inevitability. And it's no knock on Serge as a person or a player. It's just the business of the game. I want to thank everyone for listening to today's podcast. A little bit of a shorter podcast today, but uh, happy to you know happy to talk about some of these issues. A, a rough loss tonight to the Minnesota Timberwolves, one eleven to one hundred five at the Target Center. Of course, we will be back tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Magic with a complete preview of Wednesday's game as the Orlando Magic back in action to take on the Indiana Pacers. I'll probably try and talk a little bit more about Evan Fournier. I kind of glossed over Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier was back. 
after an eight-game absence uh, following that heel injury. Uh, so good to see him back on the floor. Had a little bit of a mixed bag. Um, did really played really poorly in the first half. Came on a little bit strong in the second half. Still kind of getting his legs under him, but he looked good. It would not surprise me if he starts in Wednesday's game against the Indiana Pacers. That's at 7 o'clock at the Amway Center on Wednesday. Not Tuesday, Wednesday. We'll be back with a preview of that game in tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, TuneIn, and give us a like on Facebook at Locked on Magic. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's podcast for Locked on Magic and Orlando Magic Daily. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.